This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. Logan, for those watching on YouTube, they can see I'm in a different place. This is the Hoffman Show studio. We're going all big time today. I'm surprised that you even have enough words left to say after being on the air. for What are you on the air for, three hours, four hours? Yeah, I'm on for three hours. Although this is kind of practice, because uh, if, if you haven't heard, our radio show is sliding next, starting next week. We're going to be 4-7 to seven now with our new lineup on the Team 980. So as we record this at 6.13 p.m. on Wednesday evening, this is just practice for me talking into this microphone between the hour of 6 and 7. Perfect. I'm glad we could get some reps at it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here's what we got on the podcast today. Uh, Ron Rivera said a lot of things about a lot of things at the owners' meetings. We're going to go through some of that. Uh, And then we got a couple of mailbag questions, Uh, one that was sent to Logan on Instagram, one that was sent to me on Twitter. So, stack show, let's get right into it. Starting with Ron Rivera saying this about the quarterback competition that is on or is it between Jacoby Brissett and Sam Howell? I think it's open right now. I really do. I mean, again, all I said was Sam's going to get the first crack. I didn't say Sam was the guy. He's going to have to come in and earn it. And if Jacoby comes through and earns it, I'll play Jacoby. I'm going to play the guy that we we believe at the end of the day gives us the best chance to win football games. So we've heard about quarterback competitions under Ron Rivera before. There was allegedly one between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke, but we knew that that wasn't a real competition. I happen to think, Logan, that this is going to be a real competition. What do you think, and does Ron's comment there confirm or change your mind at all? No, I don't think it changes my mind about anything. I think if I was going to point to one thing, I think they really want to see what Sam Howell's got. So it might not be Fitzpatrick Heineke level of competition, but I do think the the scale the scale of justice is slightly tilted in the favor of Taylor Heineke, or not Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell. And I think that is understandable. I think he's got high upside. I think he's got good traits. I think they want to see what he can do. I think they're excited by what he showed in Dallas, albeit a small sample size. Um, I do think it's interesting because if this was a true competition, I think it's hard for me to see a way that um, that Jacoby Brissett doesn't win the job. And what I mean by that is like one of the most challenging things for a young quarterback is learning a new offense. And Jacoby Brissett is an eight-year vet. He's going to be able to learn this offense of Eric Bieniemy much much quicker than um, than Sam Howell. So I think if it's if it's, a, if it's a true competition, obviously the advantage favors Jacoby Brissett. But I do think that they're trying to promote 
Sam Howell and his traits and his skill set. And so I do think, you know, in some ways it kind of levels the playing field for Sam, which I think is appropriate. I think if you want to go this way, I think that's fine. Um, you know, again, I, in terms of guys that are going to help you win right now, I think Jacoby's probably the answer. But in terms of a guy that can be your starting quarterback for the next three or four years, I think you definitely want to see what Sam Howell's got. And the only way you do that is if you give him a really good look at it in the offseason. What I mean by that is he gets the majority of the starter reps. He gets the majority of the opportunities. So I think that's the type of thing I would kind of point to here and say, you know, there is a slight element of building for the future by giving Sam Howell the first look. I agree. Um, I think, though, that there is a true competition here. And the one factor that is is hugely determinant in that is – Ron Rivera knows he's got to win unless the new owner comes in and he's like, Hey, I'm actually a North Carolina grad. I, and I don't know where Josh Harris went to school, um, but, or, or any of these other guys that are, that are bidding on the team. But you know, I, I love Sam Howell. He's my favorite player ever. Like, unless it's one of those things. And, and also by the way, Hey Ron, I love you. And I believe in what you're doing. I've been watching from afar and you seem like the right guy. And Ron believes it. He's got to win. <laughs> He's got to win. And so he does have to win. Is, is he going to tilt things in Sam Howell's favor? Yes. Does Sam have to be better than Jacoby Brissett to win the job? No, but he's got to show that he's going to be better soon. And, and that right. is very different than the Heineke Fitzpatrick or, or some of these other quote unquote competitions we've had in the past where it's like, no, that dude's the quarterback. Um, Carson Wentz was the quarterback, right? If it was based off preseason and, and training camp last year, like Taylor would have been the starter from go. Um, but they were like, we think Carson is starting to click and, and whatever this year, it's going to be even more than that, right? It's going to be, Hey, if Sam is on track to be better by Jacoby soon, he's going to be the guy because part of him getting there is right. going to be him playing, getting those game reps is, is huge. But I do think if all of a sudden Sam comes out and struggles in the spring or Jacoby just absolutely rips it and he's awesome in this system and they're like, man, if we start Brissett, we're winning 11 games and making the playoffs. I think Jacoby Brissett's going to be the starting quarterback for the commanders in 2023. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. But obviously, like in that scenario, like you pointed out, like Sam's got a trip, you know. Sam's going to be given the opportunity to kind of carry that load and lead the team and drive the car. But if he, if he slips up, then Jacoby's right there. And that's one of the reasons I think both you and I really like the signing, right? We really enjoyed that they brought Jacoby in because he does bring this high-end backup role and he's such a good teammate. Like I got to talk to him a little bit when he came to the facility and he's just a good dude. Like the first thing he says is like, I just want to be known as a good teammate. And like, that's why you bring him in because he knows the score. He knows that Sam's going to have an opportunity. So no waves. But if, if something does happen, you know, injury, Sam can't do it, whatever it is, you got a guy who, who played really good football last year. And it's not even like fringe backup. You know, you know, everyone says, oh, he's like a high end or low end, uh, low end starter kind of guy. Right. He was like a good starting quarterback last right. year, like like middle of the pack. You know, I'd say between 18 and 15. Right. Which is that's better than they've had here in a long time. Right. Would, so uh, would have been good I, enough to get this team to the playoffs last year. That's for sure. I think so. So I, I I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity. I think it'll be really interesting to see how this all plays out over the next couple of weeks and, and with um, not weeks, but you know, this off season um, because of kind of 
I, I think the staff really wants Sam to go. So it'll be interesting to see how the reps are allocated. Can Jacoby get ready with Sam getting more reps? It's just going to be really compelling. But I think we both agree. Sam's going to get the shot, but you don't bring a guy like Jacoby Brissett in if you're 100% full go on Sam, I don't think. Right. So that's, that's kind of the radio depth of the conversation. The podcast depth of the conversation is, then what does that really look like? Like what, if there's, like how many reps are available in the spring? How are those actually right. taken? Because, you know, what we know is like the first one will go to Sam, the first block when the starters are out there. Well, all of those go to Sam and then Jacoby, if, you know, occasionally will be thrown a bone. Do, do they split? Does it go day by day? Will they do two days, one day? Like there's options, obviously. And I doubt that Ron has spilled the beans to you. Uh, and so I'm not asking like exactly what it will be, but as someone who played 10 years in the NFL and saw a bunch of different ref splits for starters and backups and people in position competitions, how do you, what's your best guess as to what that will functionally look like first in the spring and then ultimately in training camp? Yeah, so I think it'll be really interesting. I think that's a really good question. And just just so fans understand, like, kind of the composition of practice, right? Usually you got a 12-play period. Four goes to the starters. Four go to the backups. Then in the offseason, or in in-season, the last two would go to – or the last – what is that, four? Yeah. Two of those would go to the starters again, and then the two – the last two would go to the, the third-string guys, basically, right? So third-string guys, like everyone's talking about Sam Howell's development – it's only getting two reps a period. So that's eight reps a day or whatever it is. So um, I, I think it'll probably look something like that. And I think that first block will be really interesting because it'll show you how much they want Sam to go. Like if Jacoby gets zero reps with the first team and then they add, let's say they make it five and three, I think that'll be really interesting too, right? Because they're just trying to give him more volume to kind of digest the offense. So this offseason, I think it'll, I don't want to say it'll be 50-50, but it might be 55-45 in terms of split to Sam Howell. And I think, again, that would be the wise thing to do because you just want him to get more saturation in the offense. And I think Jacoby has shown he can do more with less with, with regards to reps just based on his career. So I, I think that's probably what I would expect from this offseason. And um, I think that's appropriate just because of like where they're at in their career. So I would expect Sam to kind of get more reps, get more opportunity with the ones, and really prove this staff right or wrong about him early on because you got to know and I can't know I can't even make an informed decision if he's not getting a lot of reps right and then so then you have to see some threshold to continue that in in the fall because like once you get to or in the summer once you get to training camp like now you're in business time you're no longer like yes you're in evaluation mode for the bottom of your roster and I guess there are position battles across the league and you see how they play out but like a quarterback everything else on your offense is dependent on how that guy plays. And so you really want to have some stability there so you can evaluate everyone else. What you don't want to be is messing around with your quarterback three weeks in a training camp and you still don't know. You got to make some decisions. And so, you know, really, I, I think the best case scenario for this team is Sam shows a real command of the offense in the spring and you know, and then he's just your starter going into to August. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, obviously things could change. Training camp practices are a different intensity, a different whatever. Um, you know, you get out there in preseason game, things go haywire, whatever could happen. But if he has a really good spring, then, then you feel pretty comfortable saying like, hey, he's QB1, we're good. We're going to split the reps just like Jacoby's the backup, Sam's a starter. And maybe we even, again, tilt it more towards Sam because he needs that volume to get get going but you know as we have a rave here if you're watching on i know video, what's, what are you doing over there guy i don't know this light's just having a good old time <laughs> we're, just gonna turn, we're gonna turn that guy off 
I'm just going to not look as pretty for the rest of the podcast, but at least it doesn't look like <laughs> I'm going to rave. That was a fun that show. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, that'll go real well in the audio. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the point is, if Sam has a great spring, that's the best case scenario. If he's super up and down, in a way, that's worse. Like, the, the worst case scenario is he's great some days and is terrible the others, and you're just like, what do we have in this kid? Right. If he just flat out stinks, then you're just like, all right, well, Jacoby's the starter, and uh, we'll keep working on Sam in the background. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, I think, but I think that's one of the reasons why you pay a little bit of a premium for Jacoby Brissett. You know, like I think they said they wouldn't go above five for Taylor and they went seven and with an upside of 10 for Brissett. And I think one of the reasons you do that is you say, here's a guy that doesn't need a lot of reps, can come in and kind of be ready week one. And that's why you're paying that. And so I think even if Sam looks bad in the spring, I think he's going to get that starter treatment pretty much all the way up until the 12th hour. So, you know, right wrong and different i think that's what they're going to try to do because they're going to want some type of confirmation that he can do it and then if he can't again that's why you pay the big bucks for a, a, a premium backup guy who can play some good football and a guy who's coming here with probably some expectation that he's going to play some football for this team right whether that's the first three games first four weeks whatever it is so i do think that that's i think their offseason financial plans kind of show you how they feel about this this decision and this opportunity for Sam. And I think it's good it's good planning because it allows you to kind of totally flesh out your perspective on the quarterback and minimize your risk about the backup having to come in and play a lot of football for you. So I feel pretty good about um, you know, I think I think this offseason Sam will play a lot in the spring. He'll play a lot in training camp, whether or not he's up and down. And then I think, you know, they'll kind of make that decision last possible minute if Jacoby's going to be the starter. That makes sense too. Um, I guess we'll see. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the also, fun of it, right? Like this is all yeah. speculation, obviously, but I think when you like, you know, you do a great job of this. Like when you look at kind of the thousand foot view, you say you don't make some of these decisions unless like this is part of your plan. And so I think we can kind of give you a rough outline, but again, like we don't even really know what this offense is going to look like. Like it's I like they were having, I was having a conversation with somebody and they were like, we're still kind of trying to figure out personnel wise, what we need to make this go. And so I think that that, again, is just a really interesting kind of point to be at with a new offense, with a new coordinator. And that's not unique to this situation. That's any time a new OC comes into a building. you got to kind of make some of these decisions. So a lot is still up in the air. And, you know, the draft's still around the corner. So an opportunity to correct some of that stuff, too. But I think it's just super interesting, um, kind of all the uncertainty around the team and all the opportunity around the team, which is always kind of, uh, which yeah. is kind of fun to be talking about. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess my only... It's not even pushback. My only like caveat here from my 10,000 foot viewpoint is the Ron winning part of it does loom over this kind of in a major way to me. But you know, I, I Ron, do think, like, do you think that, do you think his confidence is at all? Sh like, Ron is a guy who's, who strikes me as being very confident in himself and like what he brings and who he is and his process. Is he going to change that now? Like, he's been through this once I mean, already. He's, he said this week in some interviews, like, yeah, I'm going to have a conversation with the owner, and I know that if I can't convince him that I am like, have things on the right track by 
you know, middle of the season or end of the season, then this is probably going to be my last year. Um, and it, I guess it really depends on like who the new owner is and what their conversation is. So let's just to put names and not have person X, like let's say it's Josh Harris, who uh, seems to be the favorite right now to win it. And Josh Harris is like, Hey man, like you got two years left on your deal. Um, you know, they have the conversation, right? One thing that yep. Ron also said was, you know, I, I kind of screwed up with David Tepper where I just put my head down and worked and continued doing my thing. And I didn't do a good job of explaining our plan. So mm. to me, that is Ron planting the scene of like, I'm going to go to the new guy and be like, hey, we're roster building. This is yeah. Sam Howell. We think he can be our guy. And it might not work this year, so please don't fire me if it doesn't. Like, do I think that a version of that conversation that's perhaps, you know, slightly less theatrical than I just made it uh, will happen? Absolutely. I do. Yeah, um, I agree. And so depending on how the owner greets that will depend on this stuff. Because if the owner's like, screw that, man, like, I kind of want to make the playoffs. I just paid $6 billion for this team. I want the playoff revenue. I want to see it pay off. And, uh, you know, your reputation isn't exactly that of a genius. So go out and prove to me that you're a good coach. Then I'm I'm looking at Jacoby Brissett being like, saddle up, big boy. It's time to go. Um, if if Sam starts to struggle in the spring, if if the thing, if the owner is like, hey, you know, I I hired Dale Ramore in Philadelphia. I'm familiar with the process. Then, you know, and it gives you a couple or gives you the kind of the runway to play it out that at least if you look like you're on the right track, you're safe, then yeah, he can run out that ground ball with Sam Howell as it would be if this was year two for him versus year four going into an expiring year, you know, lame duck year next year uh, or not being here at all because there's a new owner. So I just think it depends on how that conversation goes. And he obviously can't have the conversation until there's a new owner in place. And that's how the ownership affects the football in a way that for largely it hasn't so far. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I just, I just think, you know, obviously I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I'm going to just say right up. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, well, none of us do, but like that's, that's yeah. the hypothetical, right? It's just, and it's 100%. harder to give any analysis beyond that because we don't know, have any clue what that conversation is like, because it hasn't right. happened because we don't know who he's having it with yet. We don't even yeah, who he's having it with or what that guy's vision for the team is. Like, and totally. again, that's billionaires having billionaire conversations. So look, I, I've, I've used this example before, but for those that are just podcast listeners and don't listen on the radio show, I don't think it's necessarily made the podcast. Um, when the Phoenix, the, the most recent new owner in sports uh, in terms of big major sports that I know of is Matt Ishbia buying the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns have been in talk with the Brooklyn talks with the Brooklyn Nets all summer to trade for Kevin Durant, and they just did not want to meet Brooklyn's price. And once Brooklyn traded Kyrie Irving, they got on the phone with Phoenix and were like, hey, we know you're interested in Durant. This is the price. And like, there's no negotiating. If you give us this, we give you Kevin Durant. If not, we don't. And the day that happened was the day that Matt Ishbia took over as owner of the Suns, right? Robert Sarver, the previous owner, had been part of the group saying no. Matt Ishbia, the new guy uh, in charge, looks it over. He didn't, like, he's the guy who played basketball at Michigan State as a walk-on. Like, this isn't some businessman who doesn't know anything about basketball. He came in. He sat down with their GM. They looked at the deal, and they were like, man, this is going to hurt. This is a steep price, but it's Kevin freaking Durant, and we're doing it. And, and that's how ownership can affect things. And he just, sure. he just said like, Hey man, like I know this, I, you, and he told his GM, like, I'm in this with you. So right. if for instance, the new guy comes in and is like, I would like Lamar Jackson, give him Deshaun Watson's contract. Guess who's going to be the quarterback here next year. Like yeah. these ownership can do those things. They own the team. Is that smart? 
No. Is that likely? No. That is certainly not how Josh Harris has run his teams as an NBA, NHL, and uh, and Premier League owner. He has generally empowered people to do their jobs. But it's just worth like the 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 swath of possibilities is large, and and I think that's ultimately, I guess, what we're trying to say. Um, and that will impact even more micro decisions, like how much of a competition it is between Brissett and how. Yeah, and I and I guess it, with the with regards to Brissett and Sam Howell and Ron, I think specifically, if you narrow your focus a little bit, you can kind of say the possible outcomes are not that numerous. If you think about mm-hmm. it, right? It's like, right. is Ron going to be the coach for this year? Like, like does Ron have a long term future here? And I think that that impacts the decision more than anything else, right? It's more right. like that relationship, how that goes. So if it goes well, I think you'll get a definitive answer. I think that'll show up in the offseason stuff that they're doing. You know what I mean? I think that'll happen very, very quickly. Right. But to your point, in terms of Ron's confidence in himself, um, I think he has acted as someone who's going to be here for a long time, and that is a good thing for the health of the franchise, whether he is here or not. He has been a responsible steward as opposed to selling out in a way that, that is actually not beneficial for the franchise. 